All right, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Practice Squad Pod. My name is John Vocal. I am joined here by my buddies Mark Petrito and Zach Morell. And today we are going to be looking at just where we think these NFL teams are probably going to end up in the coming season, right? We've had free agency. We've had the NFL draft. We kind of have a pretty solid picture of what in for, you know, more fun football stuff to talk about as the regular season kicks off. Um, Zach and Mark, I don't know if you guys want to do intros for yourselves or kind of uh, talk about some of your experience within sports and football. Uh, so feel free to do that and then we'll get rolling. Sure. Go ahead, Zach. You can take it. Okay. Um, football wise, I haven't ever played a down of football in my life, um, but I've been watching football pretty consistently since about uh, like high school, I would say. So I've, ha- I've had a pretty good pulse on like how things work in the game, like both on both uh, on the field and off the field. So I have an idea of like what teams do and like how how like the whole sport works and everything like that. So that's really my football experience and just being able to keep a an ear to the ground with what's going on and all that stuff. I have a good idea and a good feel for the game. It's just what I would say. <laughs> Definitely. Um, can definitely vouch for Zach's football IQ and the passion that he has for the sport. Um, and we are both very avid Pat McAfee watchers as well. And I think uh, <laughs> definitely Shot out. Shot out. Understandably so. Um, so I've uh, I've played football uh, my entire life, just finished up playing actually uh, the last year. Uh, but I just love it. I love the game. I love watching it. I love playing it. I actually am coaching it. Uh, I was teammates with John back in high school. That's, um, you know, we've been close since middle school, but that's really where our friendship solidified was through sports, through, through football. Um, but yeah, I mean, I played it uh, at, you know, throughout high school, I played it at CMU uh, for in college for four years. And now I'm in the coaching and still love watching it and talking about it. It's uh, a huge part of my life. Yeah, um, Zach and I are definitely avid fans, but uh, football is definitely a part of Mark's lifeblood uh, to an entirely different degree. So, you know, uh, we're excited to collaborate with him and uh, take advantage of all of that experience that he has built throughout his entire life, both at the high school and the college level. Um, All right, guys. So uh, obviously we have a tier list set up here, um, set up as Super Bowl contender, playoff run, makes playoffs. 500 team below 500 team and tank tier team. Um, And we have each of these teams set up by division. So we're going to start with the NFC North. So the very first I thought we should start off with are the Detroit lions. Um, We are all from Detroit and probably have, you know, the best pulse on where they're going to end up this year out of all the other teams, just based off of their off season moves, how they drafted things like that. So I guess we'll kind of just start off with how do we feel like the Lions drafted this past year? Um, and do we think that's going to have a massive impact on where their record ends up, up uh, versus, you know, being a, a three win, one tie team last year? I think uh, I can start with, um, I'll put it out there. I'm a Lions fan, but I'm also a realist. And me and John for years and Zach have gone back and forth uh, I'm way more negative usually uh, about the Lions and hopes they have a little bit more optimism. I think they drafted well, though. I'll be honest with you. I think they drafted well. Um, I'm not as high on Hutchinson as everybody else is. I think he's going to be a, a very good NFL player. I just don't know if he's going to be that all pro 
defensive end that you take number two overall that people are kind of comparing him to like the Boza brothers. I don't think he's going to be anywhere near that, but he's going to be a game changer. He's going to be very good for us. He was the right pick. I think trading up for Jamison Williams, he's a spark. He's going to be, I think he's the best receiver in this draft. Uh, barring his injury, I think he would have been the number one receiver taken off the board. I think it's a steal. I actually loved trading up for that. Um, but I think Detroit can compete. The NFC North is not the same as it's been. Uh, besides Rodgers and the Packers, who are a little bit weaker than they normally are, it's kind of up for grabs. The Bears, I think, are going to stink, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, the Minnesota is going to be okay, but they can just never seem to figure it out. The Lions might be right there um, with that second or third spot, and they might even compete for the division um, this upcoming year. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, Mark. And and on Hutchinson, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, I don't think he's going to be some crazy sack leader, right? I don't think, but at the same time, I don't think he needs to be, right? I, I think just keeping the other team's quarterback uncomfortable on a consistent basis has a lot more value than just being like some crazy sack leader, right? Um, and between him and uh, that other end that they grabbed in the second round, Josh Pascal, um, you know, I think that their defensive line had a massive upgrade. And I think that for sure in, in the NFL, especially like your team is good when your quarterback's comfortable and the other team's quarterback is uncomfortable, that it's the for easiest sure. way to win games. So I definitely agree. Um, I'd say, you know, if we were to put it on a, on a, as far as a record goes, I'd probably unfortunately still put them below 500. But I do think they could realistically end up, you know, in the second place in the NFC North. I think Green Bay's obviously got that locked, but I think that the Bears are, you know, full rebuild at this point. The Vikings have a lot of talent, but they just changed head coaches too, and that usually takes time to get in a rhythm there. Um, so that's kind of where I have them. Uh, fu funny facts, last year Mark and I took a bet that the Lions would get <laughs> more than five wins, in which I lost. Um I think I would take that bet again this year, but I'm not going to commit to that uh, on air here. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to commit yet either, but we'll, I'm sure we will do it again in one of these future episodes. We will have it be publicly known what the bet is. Right. We'll we'll, we'll figure out an actual you know record uh, under over that we're happy with and, and roll with that for sure. Um, Zach, any comments about their draft, their, their free agency moves, anything like that? Um, I think the Lions are definitely heading in a right in in a, a positive direction. I think, I think the coolest thing as a fan and as a follower, especially after coming out of like the Patricia era, um, is seeing that it looks like Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes are aligned in their decision making, and they've been I think all in on all of their players both over last season and with the the draft and uh the free agency selections thus far. Um, and I don't, like I, like you guys have both mentioned, I don't want to get too optimistic, but just from the, the, the cultural basis alone, it seems that they're heading uh, in, a, in a good direction for the first time in what feels like a long time. For sure. I, I've, I've been hearing this phrase more and more often of, oh, well, he's a Dan Campbell guy, right? When they talk about guys they draft or free agents they pick up, there's, there's this clear culture that goes with it. I don't know if it's a winning culture, but it's one that I think Detroit fans are excited about because I don't think it's one that's really been present, you know, and if, if you're a bad team, I mean, you at least you ha need to have a positive locker room or else it's not going to go anywhere. Right. So I, I agree. The building blocks are there for sure. 
Um, it sounds like we're pretty comfortable putting bears in, in tank category. Um, again, new coach, lots of uncertainty there. They traded away a lot of their good players. Uh, you know, fields is still kind of a question mark. I think they'll probably end up last in the division. Vikings, I say, are kind of in the same spot as the Lions as far as where they're at as a team. And then Green Bay, I think we can comfortably say, is, is playoff run potential. I don't know if they're Super Bowl contenders, uh, you know, with the wide receiver drain that's happening and, and all these people snatching wide receivers up. I don't know if, if uh, Dotson and uh, um, Watkins are going to be enough to fill that gap. Uh, you know, Rodgers can throw to anybody, but it's a different league than it was a few years ago. And I think you need weapons at receiver in order to be a successful team. Absolutely. The one thing I'll say with Green Bay and, you know, we they talked about this last few drafts. Once again, a loaded receiver class on the board and they had a first round pick and they uh, once again chose to go with a defensive player. And they took the they took Quay Walker from uh, Georgia and he's not even the best linebacker on their roster on Georgia's roster this past season. The Kobe Dean was still available. Now I know he slipped, but and I don't understand why uh, me and John were texting back and forth, you know, wondering what was going on. I thought the Lions might get him with one of their later picks, but the, you know, the Packers choosing defense again, just shows, um, you know, they're playing for the future. I don't think, you know, yes, they're all in and Rogers financially, but they think that with Rogers at quarterback, they can kind of put anybody out there and he'll win games. You know uh, he can make receivers around him better. So average receivers can become great receivers. He's done that his whole career and uh, they've allowed, you know, to get better players on the defensive side of the ball where Rogers, can't help them. And so. I mean, they needed those investments, but you know, they, they lost last year's playoff game and it was a one score game. And the offense was the thing that sputtered and you could honestly make the same argument about their loss to Tampa too, even though it was higher scoring. Right. I mean, the defense got what three, four interceptions on Brady two years ago. Yeah. Uh, enough to create opportunities yeah. for Rogers and, and then the offense stalled. So um, I agree with you, Mark, you know, in, in their defense, I, I think Rogers said that, you know, there weren't really any NFL ready first round guys still on the board. Right. He said, uh, Wilson Williams and, uh, Olave know, was Olave, the other one, but... right. They're all gone. Right. So I, I definitely agree with you. I think that they would have benefited from more offensive weapons, but they didn't get there. Uh, just from a draft capital perspective. So what are you going to do? Force a receiver pick that might still be there in the second round. It's tough. So um, we'll see, you know, and, and there's still, I mean, Jarvis Landry still out there. Julio Jones is still out there. You know, I mean, there's, Ode they could Odell. definitely, Odell's still out there. Um, I, I saw that Kadarius Tony's trying to get out of New York. So, you know, there might still he's be a, some opportunities. He's a stud, by the way. Kadarius Tony is going to be, you know, his player comparison is going to be tell like Tyreek Hill, like he's a game changing electric receiver. Yeah, um, I, the right just system, not just could, not getting along with the New York system. I assume. Is, is... I don't know. I'm not sure what the what the deal is. I mean, when when you have as bad of a season as New York had last year, you know, when things don't go well, a lot of guys don't handle it the right way. You know, he's one of those guys that's used to having success. I assume, and he probably hasn't had a losing season like that maybe in his life. Um, so he's probably frustrated and. He's young and understands that he's not the problem. And maybe he just wants to take the easy way out and find a, a better spot for him. I don't know. It's definitely possible for sure. Um, 
And, you know, I, I think that that idea of like for the first time in your life, you're seeing what losing more often than not looks like, you know, I, I'd assume that's a pretty big culture shock, right? Like just mentally, uh, the, you know, you don't know how you're going to handle that the first time. And yeah, learning you know, how to lose is hard. Right. And being making it a strength, you know, and, and being yeah. able to actually learn from those things and and hope that your teammates do as well. Yeah. For sure. All right. So NFC South, um, you know, as a Saints fan, I thought that uh, it was it was going to be ours with Brady exiting. And then, of course, he had to, to come back and, and ruin everybody's party. So um, unfortunately, I'm just going to have to throw him right there with Green Bay. They're probably going to, you know, get some playoff wins. I mean, because Brady came back, they were able to keep most of their roster. Um, you know, this is probably... Tampa's last shot at going deep, I would say. I don't think that they're really going to have a whole lot to work with after Brady leaves, but for this season, you know, they're competitive. Thanks, Tom. I'll say this, though. I I think, and I've never bet against Tom, and I rarely will ever say anything bad about him, but it seems to me, I don't know if he's all in. You know, I think his whole career, he's been all in. I think he's kind of doing some of the Hollywood stuff. You know, he's doing movies. He's doing all kinds of different advertisements, his own clothing company. You know, it just seems to me like he's not Tom Brady. Like the the reason Tom Brady has been so great for all those years is he just commits to one thing and that's just winning. And I think right now he's kind of got his hands in a bunch of different things. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks kind of take a downfall this year. Um, Definitely a playoff run team. Yeah, you know, I think he's just – I don't know. You know, I, I don't think, you know, they're in a bad division. I think they'll, you know, they're, they should easily win their division, but it's just, I don't know if they make a deep playoff push with, right. uh, you know, they've lost some pieces and, you know, Tom with retiring then coming back and there's all the rumors that, you know, Bruce Arians stepping down. It's just something is going on there that we don't know behind the scenes, I think. Um, and it's related to Brady and Arians, I, you know, and probably higher up than both of those guys too. I'm not sure, but it just feels like something's off and they'll compete, but I don't think they're going to be anywhere near that Super Bowl contending team that we saw last year. And then obviously the year that they won it. Yeah, I, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, something's something's definitely different there. And I mean, you know, I, from a draft perspective, I'm not saying that they drafted horribly, but, you know, they it's it's nothing super crazy. Um, they did pick up a, a guy from Central Michigan. Uh, you have any comments on him, Mark? Um, so, I, yeah, I'll say – so, Luke Adecki is a uh, really strong, great offensive lineman. Uh, works his butt off. He was actually a walk-on. Uh, was put on scholarship very early at CMU, but he went to a Division three school as a tight end. Very humble beginning. Uh, Central found him, recruited him as a walk-on, earned a scholarship very quickly. Ended up starting in his first year there at tackle. Uh He's from Wisconsin. He's kind of got that Wisconsin offensive line tradition going on. Um, but a lot of people were surprised he was drafted in the second round, which was ahead of Bernard Raymond, who was the other tackle for CMU, another outstanding player who I think slipped a little bit too far in the draft, and the Colts got a steal um, at when, when they, where they got him. But those two guys are great guys, great teammates of mine. I uh, had the pleasure of playing with them for a few years, and they're both going to have long and strong NFL careers. And the Bucks, you know, I think getting Gadecki before Raymond was uh, surprising to a lot of people, but it didn't really surprise me. Gadecki and Bernard were, you know, they're interchangeable. They're both could have been first or second round picks in my opinion. And the Bucks must've just liked Luke a little bit more, um, but sure. they're both going to be solid players. They're going to make an impact right away. 
Well, and and Luke's more of a a tackle profile, right? Well, um, Bernard's more of a tackle profile. They both are former tight ends, so they're athletic, uh, okay. and they're both very um, you know good with their feet and hands because of that. But Luke can play guard and tackle and will probably play guard for the Bucks. And Bernard's more of a strictly a tackle. He just doesn't move as well as Luke, I don't think, inside. Understood. Gotcha. But that makes sense. Bernard is getting compared to and and you know, Bernard could be, you know, like the next Eric Fisher out of CMU who ended up starting at left tackle for the Chiefs all those years. You know, he he's has that ability. Like people had him as a first round grade um and the Colts got him in the third round. So and Luke's also, um, you know, a lot of people had him as a fourth or fifth round grade, and he got drafted in the second round. So it's just weird how the draft works, how different teams grade them. But like I said, they're both going to do very well in the league. Um, CMU's produced a lot of NFL talent, and especially a, a crazy line. amount of NFL talent. I yeah. mean, it is for, for you know, just a, not even a, a, a top or a power five, right? Just a max school. Like, it is ridiculous. Antonio Brown came out of there. J.J. Watt started there. You get consistent offensive line talent. It's it's mind blowing to me. So it is, and you know you see them whenever you watch a primetime game, and they show the players, you know, lift their head up and say whatever university they're from. You hear CMU more than you hear some of these other, um, you know, non Power Five schools, and CMU just finds the talent and is able to uh, develop players and get them ready, you know, for the next uh, for the next stage, for the biggest stage, and uh, definitely. You know, I saw it firsthand. There's, if you have the God-given ability to do it, they will find a way to give you the opportunity to make it there. And these guys have an awesome opportunity. I'm excited to watch them. Um, you know, I've, we've hinted – I've hinted before with these two guys, with Zach and John, that I would like to get some of these guys on the show maybe on our podcast in the future. Um, so that might be something that we can figure out. And um, I think it would be pretty cool if we can get some of these guys to come in here and talk about their experiences. And Absolutely. Firsthand, you know – how everything worked out for them. So, um, and you know, on that note, um, another one of our former teammates, Vincent Gray also got picked up as a, uh, an undrafted free agent by the saints. We're very excited for him about that. Hopefully, uh, we could maybe see if we can get him on the show as well. Um, and as a saints fan, I'm going to take over here and, uh, you know, we'll debate it, uh, as necessary, but I think they're a playoff team this year, uh, without a doubt in my mind. I think the only reason they didn't make the playoffs last year is because of Jameis Winston's injury. Um, they were the second most injured team in the NFL last year. Um, I think the the Ravens, the Titans, and the Saints all have just had insane above average injury issues um, last season. I think that stopped them, and I think they they plugged up you know some holes that they needed to. Right, they signed Tyron Matthew, which is amazing. I think Chris Olave was a great pickup because their their receiver core without Michael Thomas was pretty rough last year. Now they're getting Thomas back. Um, supposedly. You know, supposedly, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, can't can't Hopefully. get my, my hopes up too much. Um, and, and I'll say this too: like if they traded Thomas tomorrow, I would not be upset about it whatsoever. They're paying him a lot of money. They're paying yeah. him a lot of money to do a whole lot of nothing, and I just don't think any receiver is worth that. Um, I guess with the way the league's changing, uh, no, you actually can trade away your team's entire future <laughs> for for one receiver at Dolphins, uh, yeah. at Raiders, but I digress. Um, the Falcons, I'd say, are just straight up tanked here this year. 
I mean, they got Mario to start starting at quarterback. Uh, they lost an offensive weapon in Ridley. Um, they signed Drake London, but I mean, I don't think that's really going to be that big of a game changer, especially with their quarterback situation. They drafted um, Ritter too, and I'm I'm curious to see you know out of Cincinnati, uh, him and Mariota. You know, uh, I I think Mariota's probably it's his job to lose. He's just more experienced. But Ritter had a very good college career. He's a very mature um, quarterback coming out of college, and he might give you know Mariota a bit of a competition there. And you know, he's not going to go in there and just let Mariota have it. That's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that will probably be good for the Falcons as an organization to have a little bit of a competition there for sure. But I just don't think any of the pieces are there uh, for them yet. The Panthers are in a little bit better of a spot, but they're still dealing with a big question mark at, at quarterback as well. So I don't know if Sam Darnold's their guy. I don't know if they make a move for Baker. Not sure. There's rumors. I, and I, I think, um, you know, and I'll call it kind of as a prediction here. Uh, I think Matt Corral ends up taking snaps uh, as quarterback one in Carolina at some point this this year as a rookie. I, he's a, I think he was a stud at Ole Miss. He's an electric player, can do a lot with his feet, and obviously can make all the throws. Um, I think he could be a guy that ends up finding his way in the, into the starting lineup there for them, and because uh, they're going to be bad, they're going to lose games, and it's going to get to the point where let's try what we have. You know, he's on the bench and see what he can do. Definitely. Um, right. Get, get like a nothing to lose point in your season where you're like, yeah, yeah. let's let's see what's up with the rookie for yeah. sure. That I, I mean, that's basically what they did with fields last year from the bears perspective. It's like, I don't think he was really slated to start right away. And then they saw the season no. was just going downhill very quickly. They're like, well, why not? And that <laughs> was bizarre. They kept, that was bizarre because they would keep like, you know, they would say Dalton's the starter and then they would start fields and then Dalton would be ready they would still start fields and then they would start Dalton. It was very weird. They couldn't figure out what route they wanted to take. It was, you know, the bears are just kind of a dumpster fire right now. I mean, I don't know if fields is the answer. They traded, you know, Khalil Mack away. They didn't have any draft picks this year because of that Mack thing years ago. I don't know. They're right. They're in trouble. Robinson's gone going to the Rams. Yeah. I mean, they're in trouble. Definitely. I, I don't disagree whatsoever. All right, on to our third division in the NFC. Um, I honestly think the team to come out of this division is the Eagles. I thought they had a very strong draft. I think them, you know, picking up Brown, which is an expensive contract, don't get me wrong, but I, I think it still was was a deal that went in their favor. I mean, right, what, they traded a, a first round, I think. I some think a lower, second and a third. Yeah. Which I, I think for wide, especially with how hot this wide receiver market is, I, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. That contract kind of stings, but you know, compared to what some other people are getting paid at the wide receiver position, it's it looks honestly kind of modest for a guy at Brown's talent. So I agree, and I, I think um, John, I think honestly, what they're doing is if it, and I, I think you're right, Philly's going to be I think first or second in the division this year, but if they're not. Uh, if they do struggle, if Jalen Hurts struggles, which I think is a realistic possibility, um, what they've done is they've set up a market, a team, where they can get a quarterback in free agency that it's an attractive team to come to now. Uh, right. Before the A.J. Brown signing and you know before some of these other weapons that they've gotten the last couple of years, it's not really an attractive spot for a quarterback to come in there and say, can I win here? You know, Can I have a future here? Like Kyler Murray is going to be a free agent. If any of these other guys are going to, you know, have contract disputes and want to leave their teams, we saw it this year. The what the Rams did getting Stafford and the success they had doing that, 
teams are just going to build all the other positions and then just try to steal a quarterback, you know, rather than draft and develop one. I think that, you know, that process, that system that the Rams did is going to be a copycat thing. We're already seeing it with all the quarterback signings and free agency. Um, so the Eagles see that and they're going to create a team that quarterbacks want to go to and yeah. getting a guy like AJ Brown is definitely going to help. They have Devontae Smith as well. Um, you know, Philly's a, a football town. I mean, they got some great defensive picks as well. It's a spot I'd want to go to. If I was Jordan Davis is, I mean, arguably the most athletic defensive lineman. I mean, 6'6", 340 pounds and, you know, ran a sub five second 40. That's ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. And then they got the steal. <laughs> we mentioned it. We mentioned him earlier. Maybe, maybe the steal of the draft, Nicobe Dean. Yeah. They got him and late, you know, so real late. He, he might be the best defensive player coming out of college this year. I mean, he was the best player in America uh, on the best team in America. And he, for some reason, slipped. Maybe his 40 times a little slow. Again, I will I will say this to the day I die. The 40 times are so overrated in how much these teams value that. It, football is not track. It is not a race. Uh, you can be faster in pads and in a game speed, in a game setting, than you are in, in a, you know testing in a combine. So I don't get too high or too low on, hey, he ran this 40 time. Watch the film. Kobe Dean is a stud. He's uh, a right now ready to play in the NFL guy. He's going to be a starter on the Eagles. Um, they're going to build around him on the defensive side, him and Jordan Davis. You know, that's my, my understanding is he had what, like a, a peck injury of some sort that caused his, his draft status to fall. Is, is that what it was? Or, or <laughs> there's a bunch of different rumors. I, I, I heard something like that. I also heard it was his, you know, he didn't test extremely well at the combine. But again, you know, he's a little bit undersized. But again, I mean, watch his film. He played in the SEC. He played against the best teams in the country. He was on the best yep. defense. He was on one of the best defenses in college football history. That, that defense was an NFL defense. It was, I mean, college. they had, they I mean. had, they broke the record for most first round draft picks uh, by one team. In the, and, and it was all defensive players. I mean, they're just loaded. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, they're, they're their loaded. whole front seven went in the first two rounds, basically. Yeah. Right? And mean, he was the best. Insane. And he was the clear-cut <laughs> best of that on that team. Right. And he had all of his peers, all of his teammates drafted before him. So, you know, again, steal for the Eagles. And uh, I'm excited to see what they do. Definitely. Now, I personally believe the Dallas Cowboys got worse this offseason. And I, I think that that's going to show in their play next year. I think that they're paying way too much money for a select few players. I think they're going to have to keep cutting ties and other really good prospects as a result if they want to keep playing those paying those players. Um, I thought their draft was pretty lackluster. And, uh, you know, I'm also just going to take, you know, no opportunity uh, for granted to hate on the Dallas Cowboys. So um that, that's kind of where i'm at with them i'm also a <laughs> dallas cowboys hater uh any team that claims you know that they're all this and all that and they are not and they don't back it up year after year i'm gonna hate on dallas is one of those teams dallas fans are those type of fans um they didn't do anything they didn't do anything to better themselves cd lamb's gonna be a stud um he's Definitely. gonna be the receiver he's gonna be the receiver one now but they lost amari cooper uh, their O line continues to struggle uh, after they built a great line a few years ago, and then they paid Ezekiel Elliott, and that was one of the worst things they could do because um, yeah. they have to—they're going to have to eat that money. Uh, I think Pollard honestly does more things better for him. I agree. Better than so I don't, you know, your second string running back is getting paid nothing, and he probably brings more than your, you know, guy you're paying 
a fat contract too. So I don't think paying a running back in the NFL will ever be worth it, frankly, just because of how long their shelf life is. Right. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't disagree. I don't care who it is. I mean, Truly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even pay a Christian McCaffrey or, or, or honestly a Derrick Henry, depending on what the contract length and value is. Yeah, yeah they're going to be really good for a few years, but the high injury risk, they take a beating, and which you're yeah, already seeing. I mean, Henry missed right, half the season, and and McCaffrey hasn't had a healthy season. Period. Yeah, it, I so. mean, fantasy football owners know that better than anybody, like me, who took a number <laughs> right. one overall last year. It, <laughs> I just, you know. The running back position is is going to continue to decrease in value, and they're just going to because you can find young guys and sign them as. I mean, most of these undrafted free agents that are running backs can play, you know, and they can do just as good as some of these star running backs, um, you know, because they're the same durability. At the end of the day, that's what it is. You know, this running back by committee strategy. That's what's going to work is just having multiple guys carry the ball so that you can save their legs, so that you can save their bodies. I mean, the Rams do it, the 49ers do it. Uh, teams that really like to run the ball, they use a committee of running backs. They're not going to just rely on one guy. So. Yeah, no, there, there's definitely a decent rotation there for sure. Um, you know, I mean, Jonathan Taylor might be that guy next year that everybody's talking about how, you know, because they have an offensive line to back it up and all that stuff. And, and uh, you know, it might look amazing. And then, you know, two years from now, it might be an entirely different situation where he's just a mid-tier you know, productive running back and it's to no fault of his own. It's just the, that way that position moves a lot of the time. So I, I have Dallas at a, at a 500 team. I'm also thinking that probably the commanders will kind of flirt around there. They, they at least have a quarterback kind of figured out, but you know, Dan Snyder's a dirt bag. Um, and <laughs> I would probably, I'd probably put Washington even lower than that. I'd have them at below the 500. Yeah, tanker below 500. I think they're going to struggle. They'll have an okay defense because I think Ron Rivera is one of the best defensive minds around. Right. But they're going to struggle with quarterback issues. Carson Wentz, is he was already horrible on a good team, so now he's on a bad team. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> right. uh, but I don't think he's going to be the quarterback by week 10. Uh you know, so they're he's a, he's a perfect fit for what the commanders are it's doing. It's just a right chaos, now, right? you know. I don't <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. You know, exactly. Carson Wentz could be an MVP candidate or literally the worst 32 out of 32 starting quarterbacks ranking, you know, like yeah. He's he's hit or miss. Um he didn't he couldn't even get it done on a good team. The Colts were a good team last year. Couldn't even get it done there. He's going to struggle I think in Washington. No, I agree. And then what about New York, right? I mean, equally as many question marks around them. I, I think they might be better next year, but it's tough to tell, right? I mean, uh, some drama in the receiver room. I don't think Saquon's really, you know, exactly what they were hoping he would be. Made some investments on the O-line, but I'd kind of put them in the below 500 yeah, area. Too. You know, they're, they're, that's right where they belong. Um, Daniel Jones, this is his, this is his uh, show me the money year. Uh, if he's not able to get done, he's, he's going to be out of there and probably out of a job in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. They've given him every opportunity and this is his year to, you know, show either he, this is his opportunity to take it or he's going to lose it. You know, it's really mm-hmm. that simple. Their defense no, would be okay, but you know, I, I do love how they drafted though. I mean, yeah, and Neil and, and Thibodeau well. in the first round. I think you know that's that's building for the future. I'm not saying that that's immediately going to solve their problems, but I mean, yeah. I don't think you went wrong with either of those first round picks. No, they so. they drafted well. They definitely drafted well, and they have you know Kenny. They have receivers. They have weapons. Evan Ingram, um, Kenny Galladay. 
us Lions fans know what he's able to do. Uh, you know, they have weapons, and it's up to it's the pressure's on Daniel Jones. It's uh, now or never for them. Definitely, yeah. He's he's probably gone next year if he if they don't get some output out of him. So yeah. Um, all right, and now to the NFC West. Um, you know, and like with the exception of the Seahawks, I legitimately think any of the other three teams could make the playoffs and go for a run in the playoffs. I mean, uh, I think the 49ers have taught us year over year to never count them out. Um, and I don't think they've gotten worse this offseason, assuming they do manage to keep Debo, which it sounds like they will. Um, the Rams only got better. Uh, the Cardinals made some pretty legit moves. They're going to be missing Hopkins for the first half of the season, but you know, um, so, I mean, Rams, I'd say are right back in the Super Bowl conversation. Uh, uh, you guys feel free to push back on me, you know, with that. Not but, at I mean, all. I'm not going to, I'm not going to push at all on that. The they got Wagner very, and Robinson. Very rare, I mean, <laughs> very, very, very rarely in history does a team win the Super Bowl and, not lose really any i mean they'll lose odell but they replace him down robson they they actually got better noticeably yeah. better the signing of bobby wagner is um i mean he's an absolute game changer on a defense that already was one of the best in the league you add maybe the t- top three or four player in the league on defense to a team that already won the super bowl last year i mean they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. The defense is going to be a problem. You know, Stafford showed that he finally climb over that, you know, you get over the bump of he can't win the big game. Um, they're definitely a problem. Trump McVay is one of the best minds in football. Uh, they're an issue. They're definitely going to be a contender. They're, I think, a heavy favorite to repeat. I don't think they're going to have like a Super Bowl hangover either, right? Like I think no, you kind of got that vibe in Tampa, not directly from Brady, but the people around him, right? Yeah. Where, all right, yep. We had you know the the New England hardcore football only guy come and get us what we wanted, and now we can go back to kind of being like this, you know, fun Florida franchise. And I just don't think they got all the way with that. And I thought you saw those those weaknesses throughout the regular season. Yeah. Uh, at least as a Saints fan, I mean, I don't think the the Saints should have shut them out again in the regular season. I mean, they they literally shut Tom Brady out. That doesn't happen basically. They have they have <laughs> their number, you know. The Saints have the Bucks number and you know, the in-division um rivalries and you know, you play those teams um twice a year, you you study a lot of film on those teams and you start to figure things out and tendencies and patterns and uh, the Saints had their number. Like they just figured them out. Great, great scheme for by the defensive coaches in New Orleans. You know when you play against Tom Brady uh, and Bruce Arians' offense, they had them figured out. They figured them out, and just about every game they played, except for that playoff game a couple of years ago, is the only time that Tom was able to kind of take over. And uh, and, and know, even then, that was a tight margin game, and a lot of things went wrong for the Saints. Drew Brees was to struggling to even, you know, he was a shell of what he used to be. He was kind yeah. of just like on his last leg, playing through yeah. like broken ribs. I mean, that was uh, kind of a fluke game. Um, but the Saints defensively still played a good game, you know. Yeah. Uh, and they got better at defense this past year too. So I, yeah. you know, I think T- Tampa's gonna gonna not be that same team i think seahawks i think are probably going to be a below 500 team i wouldn't say they're a tank team um you know i do think it's ironic that they get rid of russell and then they make all of those additions to the team that russell would have greatly benefited from right invested in their o-line picked up a stud running back i mean 
I, I thought they drafted incredibly well and it's probably not going to show at all this year because of the fact that they're, they don't have an answer at quarterback, but 100%. I mean, it's, it's I, unfortunate. I feel, I feel bad, honestly. I, I'd kind of I, feel insulted if I were Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I, and, I, and you can defend, I, but here's the thing with Russell Wilson is he wanted out. I R- Russell Wilson played the victim role. He wanted out. He wanted a fresh start. And I think he just didn't want to come out because, you know, he cares about his image. He's a good guy. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't want to come out and say, I want to trade. He didn't want to be that guy. He had his agent do all the dirty work for him. He talked, you know, behind closed doors. He kept it. They did a good job of keeping it. But Russell wanted out, and it was a mutual thing. Um, he wanted a fresh start, and he got what he wanted. And now the pressure, I think, goes more on – I think the pressure is more on Russell Wilson in Denver to succeed than it is on Seattle to find an answer and be good. I agree. You know, I think people understand that Drew Locke's not the answer. Um, you know, he's got some weapons, but the Seattle offensive line is still weak. They drafted a running back high. He's now kind of Walker's a stud. I think he's the best running back in the draft, but Seattle didn't need running backs. They have a few running backs. I think that was kind of a um, dumb pick by them, to be honest. Um, I think Carroll's just like clinging to this. I want to be a strong run offense still. And, you know, I think with the way the league has moved the past few years, I don't know if that's really as much of an option as it used to no, be. I yeah. think you need it, both. You seriously need both. It comes down to the same thing we talked about, like the, the value of the running back position. Like Kenneth Walker is, I thought, the best running back in the country last year. He's the, he's the best running back prospect. But a team that has two or three running backs by committee that already are good, why draft, you know, a running back? There's yeah. You have so many other needs as well. Like it just, you know, I'm not going to bash the pick because I think he's a stud. I think he's the best running back available this year. But definitely that, that wasn't their need. You know, that wasn't maybe their pick to take. And um, I think that they'll regret that down the road. Drew Locke is going to struggle. He's going to be under a lot of pressure. They're in a very good division. Uh, they might even be in the tank category this year. They're going to they're going to struggle to find wins. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I I don't disagree with you. And I think so far we've had at least one tank team per NFC uh, division. So <laughs> maybe we'll throw that in there. Um, you know, Cardinals are a little bit of a question mark for me. I, I'd say that they're, you know, for sure a 500 team. They might make the playoffs. I'm feeling pretty confident about San Francisco making the playoffs, uh, assuming they keep Debo. But even even if they don't, I mean, they just they always figure it out every year. Um, it's their the quarterback situation is their quarterback situation is interesting. Um, Debo, I think, will be there. Uh, you know, obviously, there's these rumors and drama going on there, but I think at the end of the day, he'll be there. Um, but yeah, Jimmy G or Trey Lance, both, I think can honestly get the job done and get them into the playoffs with that offensive system. Shanahan is one of the brightest minds, um, their ability to run the ball with no matter who is at running back, whether it's Debo or any of their backups, again, another run by committee team. It's just that zone scheme running game that Shanahan's done so, so well, better than anybody in the NFL right now. Um, they just run the ball, you know, and they have a great offensive line. Uh, a smart offensive line, great play calling. They utilize play action. You know, you don't need a stellar quarterback if the receivers are able to get open because of the run fake, you know, and that's what they do very well. Um, they're a problem. And then they have a good, great, you know, a, a great defense, you know, a young secondary that's kind of coming into their own. And then, you know, Boza's a stud and Armstead's a stud. They, they have everything they need on defense. They have a quarterback that's just good enough, whether it's Lance or, uh, Jimmy G and then 
they have a few offensive weapons and a running game. San Fran's for sure a playoff team. They could even make a run again. And and they did. Uh, it's worth mentioning. They, they grabbed a running back this year in the draft, too. And I think that might, in, in some ways, have been a show of faith to Debo that, hey, we're not going to ruin your career by forcing you to carry the ball all the freaking time. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly. one of the concerns on why Debo wanted potentially out of there is he didn't like how he was being used, not even from a you know an ego or a payment standpoint. I literally think he just thinks it's going to shorten his career if they can no, he's that's the you're, that that's one hundred percent what it is. I think I think he he was a receiver in college. Uh, he came into the league as a receiver, and then they've kind of switched him into this hybrid role. And what he realized, I'm sure, uh, you know, talking with his agent stuff. He keeps doing things the way he's doing it. Uh, it's going to shorten his career by three or four years. I mean, running backs don't last in the league. He knows that. They don't right. get paid in the league. He knows that. So he doesn't want to become a running back. He wants to be a receiver. You know, he saw how Tyreek Hill just got paid, Devontae Ev. You know, he thinks he can be in that tier receiver. So why would he want to shorten his career, make less money, higher risk for injuries, uh, <laughs> have a less happy life in 30 years when he can't even walk, you know, <laughs> right. so yeah. he's, I think completely justified in, in wanting that role to be changed um, because he's as a receiver, just as a receiver, he's still one of the better receivers in the league. You know, he doesn't have to be Easily. running the ball. Yeah. Easily. So yeah, the way he plays football, it, it truly reminds me of like the elusiveness of Barry Sanders. Like I, the way that he actually evades tackles, and just find space. It, it reminds me so much of just looking at those highlight reels of Barry Sanders when I was a kid. And like, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to make that comparison to say that he truly is that type of like generational talent. I mean, he's, yeah. he's absolutely incredible. He's and a, the, the 49ers would be stupid not to find a way to make that work. Cause I would rather have Debo as a, you know, a receiver yes. than no Debo at all, you know? <laughs> and you're right. That could be why they draft a running back and, when you have, and what the craziest thing about these players like that stand out, like Debo Samuel and like, you know, other names we've mentioned, when you can make other grown men in the NFL look silly, you are just different. You know what I mean? He <laughs> right. makes some of the best athletes in the world, some of the toughest dudes you're ever going to find. He makes them look soft. He runs them over. He makes them look silly and makes them fall. He breaks tackles. He stiff arms people. Like to do that to grown men that are professional football players as consistently as he does it, I mean, people don't realize how different you have to be to make other grown men look bad. It right. is special. He's a special, special player. San Francisco knows that, and they're not going to let him go. Um, I, I actually saw the Lions offered a first and third round pick for him, and the uh, rumored when there was that trade talk. And they both it. the Lions and the Saints did, and yeah. 49ers didn't bite on either. And I think that's totally fair. And, yeah. I, and I think, I honestly think throwing in the kitchen sink as far as draft picks was a totally logical thing to do for a player like him. He really yeah. is that that special. Yeah. Um, all right. Just just in the interest of time here, since we're starting to, to run kind of long, uh, we'll probably get started on the AFC. So I think there's a lot, you know, I think uh, three out of four divisions are really interesting. And there's a lot of conversation to be had about, about them. Um, so we'll get started with the AFC North. Uh, you know, the Browns are a big question mark. I, I think that, you know, what they did with Watson is so on brand for them where like, even if they are successful this year, just none of it feels right. feels a little bit dirty, feels a little bit wrong. 
And I think for a team like the Browns, it's perfectly on brand, right? I mean, most guaranteed money ever to a guy with a ton of question marks around him. I think they really, you know, for better or worse, they slighted a quarterback that did just kind of bring winning back into the conversation for them. Um, you know, they got rid of Jarvis Landry, but they picked up Amari Cooper. I'm just, I'm curious to see where they end up falling this year. I think you could tell me that they don't make the playoffs and they go below 500, or I think you could tell me they go on a run on the playoffs. And I think both are, are pretty realistic scenarios. So I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Yeah, I, I think they're probably a 500 team this year. You hit it spot on, John. Like if you're the Browns though, you know, I'll, I'll kind of play devil's advocate you're a losing franchise. You always have been. Why the hell not go and cash in on a guy with a bunch of question marks? I mean, Deshaun Watson, if, if all of that stuff is true, that it's, you know, all these charges are dropped and these accusations, you know, none of them follow through, none of them are accurate, then you just got a steal of one of the best NFL players in the league. I mean, he, he is a top three quarterback in the league when he, when he was at his best um, before all that, you know, the scandal went down. So, you know, why not take the risk on him if you're the Browns? You have nothing to lose. You know, I want the Lions to do the same thing. You're you're a losing franchise. You're going to you're going to lose without him. You might as well take the risk and see what happens and hope that um, you know, they that they did the research and they claim that based on their research, um, this is the right move. You know, that that right. the Chargers are going to be dropped, that he is uh, you know, innocent and you know, obviously we, none of us know the answer to that, but they better hope that their investigation team was spot on because they guaranteed paid him a lot of money. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the, the gross thing about that is just the way they structured the first year of the contract too, where even if he gets suspended, he still gets all that money. I mean, no yeah. one, well, I think Watson said he didn't want to go there at first and they just gave him an offer that he they gave, could they, not refuse. Yes. <laughs> like, they, they, they pulled the Godfather and gave him an offer. You cannot refuse. And uh, <laughs> you know, why not? Like I said, why not? Because it might work out in Cleveland's favor. I mean, they're a contender. They're, they I think they're a Super right. Bowl contender in a few years if this works out the way they think it's going to yeah, work their, out. Their offense has plenty of weapons. Their defense is in a good spot. Uh, you know, it's I, it, it's kind of a dirty, grimy move on their part, but I do think you're right. It's like you got kind of got to play with nothing to lose when you're this kind of franchise. Um, yep. I definitely agree, Mark. Um, and then next, Steelers. You know, I just, they got to go above 500 because it's Mike Tomlin and he always finds a way to make that happen. I, I think that they might have a quarterback of the future for them, right? I mean, I think all you really need to be a good Steelers quarterback is to just play your role, I think. The Groffelsberger was anything like incredibly special, especially the, like the back half of his career. And they still found ways to win and be competitive. So you know, I mean, they might make the playoffs this year. Definitely a higher upper end 500 team, I think. I, I'd, kind I'd of probably put them... put them. I'd probably put them right about 500, just be solely because of the quarterback question marks, and because they're in such a hard division. You know, they're going to play Baltimore. Very competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to struggle. You know, those teams are very good, very competitive teams. Those are all teams that are probably playoff teams. You know, I just don't see Pittsburgh being able to. You know steal enough games to make it in the playoffs this year. Cincinnati yeah. makes makes playoffs by everybody's yeah, for sure. perspective. I, I think they could even go on a run for sure. Agreed. Joe Burrow's yeah. the few he's I mean, he's like we're watching the the next generation of Tom Brady. He's Absolutely. so comparable he's so comparable to him. Not even just how he carries himself, but how he plays. Like his actual movements like 
how he talks, how he checks out of plays. Um, it's so similar to young Tom Brady. He's, he's incredible. And, and he's yeah. a blast to watch. And I do agree that he's, he is that just generational quarterback. That's that we're going to be talking about for another 10, 15 years, probably. <laughs> um, Ravens, I think have the potential to make playoffs. I, I think the Ravens had one of the best drafts out of everybody. Um, they just had so much capital to work with, right? I mean, they they invested heavily in their defense. Uh, you know, they got David Ajabo basically fell to them because uh, of that Achilles in, in, uh, injury, but I think absolutely he was a first-round pick if he was healthy. Um, Tyler Linderbaum's probably the best center that was available. Uh, they picked maybe, up Maybe safety. you could argue the best, like, top two or three linemen in the, in the whole draft as well. Agreed. He's, he's a game-changing lineman. But they, they um, had the more, most fourth round picks in draft history, by the way, with, let me see, one, two, three, four, I think five. They have five fourth round picks. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, just, just purely numbers game. There's still hope a that lot one of, of those are going to be a hit. <laughs> well, there's still a lot of talent left in the fourth round. Like people think, oh, he's a fourth round pick. No, like fourth round picks, uh, there's a lot of talent left. There's a lot of very good players left available. They'll capitalize. They always draft well. Harbaugh does a good job there. Um, my, my question mark, and I, and I'm, and I'll say this and I get hate for it all the time, but I, Lamar Jackson is not it for me. Um, I don't think, I still don't think that he can get them to where they want to go. He's right around the playoff five. He's in between that 500 and playoff. Uh, I think he always will be just because of how great of an athlete he is, but I just don't think that he can, you know, his throwing there's question marks. He's inconsistent. He makes phenomenal throws, but again, in a division like that, Lamar Jackson's going to struggle. There's some great pass wrestling teams. He's going against Joe Burrow twice a year. Um, and re- receivers all of a sudden a question mark for them now too, right? Yeah. And I mean, Hollywood Brown, yeah, you lose Hollywood Brown. Now I think he's Hollywood Brown's one of those overrated players in the league. Uh, you know, watching them play against the Lions last year and having four awful drops, um, you know, just can't happen if you're a professional athlete. Um, your job. It's your job one, to catch right? the football. You're supposed to be the, the starting wide receiver on your team. So, yeah, he was considered yeah. the their number one guy, and right. uh, they lost that game. We almost lost that game uh, because of him. And Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker <laughs> breaking right. Yes, and the Lions <laughs> being on the losing end of another crazy ending of a game. But it's no, Baltimore's going to struggle. I think uh, they drafted well. The future's bright, but I just don't think Lamar Jackson is the answer. If they pay him, it'll be a huge mistake, in my opinion. Interesting. I, I don't disagree with you. I, at quarterbacks, that always that tough conversation of who's the better option, right? And that you're either taking a risk on the draft or you're, you know, yeah. sending a lot of capital some team's way to go yeah. get their quarterback. It's it's yeah. always a super tough conversation. I don't um, have the solution for them. I just know that Lamar Jackson's not the answer. He right. long-term isn't the answer. Um, I just don't see them winning, you know, a Super Bowl with him at, at the helm. Mm-hmm. And and what happens when he inevitably doesn't have that running advantage, right? He's, I mean, and and by no inevitably, anymore, I mean yeah. that's that's that could be as early as next year. Is he just can't run the same way? That One he injury and he's changed forever. I mean, we saw it happen with RG three. We saw it happen just a few years with Alex Smith. Like an injury, like there's some injuries that can change your career, can end your career, obviously, but can change the player you are. Even um, Murray coming back uh, last yeah. season, right? He was not the same quarterback no, because he wasn't that running threat. Um, and he refused to run in the playoffs. And I think 
inevitably that's what made them just not even close to competitive in that game. Um, obviously you're yeah. playing against, you know, who inevitably was the Super Bowl winner, but still, I mean, yeah. and they, they got blown to, out. Yeah. And looking ahead too, as like coming up next, like you have, um, you know, the Bills and the Patriots coming up. The uh, same thing could be said for Josh Allen. I think he's probably the s- second best quarterback in the league right now. But if they continue to run him, like how they're running him and how the Baltimore Ravens run Lamar Jackson, they are going, they're playing with fire. Uh, you shouldn't be running Josh Allen like that. Now he's capable of doing it. Uh, he enjoys doing it. It's very fun to watch, but you're putting, it's a huge risk for them, you know, because he's On your, that note, he's your I'm throwing him a Super Bowl contender. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Now, and here's the thing is, is that I'll say about this is continue to invest in weak spots on their defense, which is phenomenal. They picked up a really good running back, um, hopefully to probably alleviate some of that pressure off of Allen. And also like, you don't know who's going to be carrying the ball in any play now, which is tough, no, it's right. It, it, uh, um, it's when the quarterback runs the ball and the whole idea, you know, why it works is because you get an extra blocker. It's a huge disadvantage for the defense because the guy, you know, you have numbers, what, you know, no matter what side of the ball you're going to run to right or left, you're going to have numbers. If you're in the right play call, if the running, if the quarterback's the one carrying the ball. So Absolutely. that's why it always works. That's why it seems like why is why when the quarterback carries the ball, do they usually get more yards when they need it? It's because you just have more guys blocking for him. It you know it's uh, but it's risky, right? You have a guy like Josh Allen. I don't think you should be doing that with him or with Lamar Jackson as much because you're shorting their career. You're putting their bodies at risk. Um, it, it should always be a threat, but just not one. Yes, that you, are you gotta pick and on, choose. Right? When you, they you get use such it. an advantage yes. of knowing that your quarterback can do that. I mean, I yeah. think you know Russell Wilson in his prime, right? It's not that he was a running quarterback; it's that he was a quarterback that could be right. a running quarterback if the situation called for it. And whenever right. he did, I mean, it was you know it was impossible to handle for defenses. It's a huge problem. Right. So and Josh Josh Allen, you know, the, as great as he is, because I think he's going to have an MVP type year this year. Um, his one thing is he needs to pick and choose better when he chooses to run and how he chooses to run. Because I'm telling you, he lowers his shoulder like he's playing middle school football. It's like right. one of these, one of these times he's going to, you know, he usually delivers the blow, but one of these times he's going to pick a battle that he did not want to pick. And he's going to have, you know, a concussion or a shoulder injury or something happen that's can alter him uh, as a quarterback. And you just don't want to see that happen. He just needs to be a little bit smarter. I mean, he's jumping Definitely. over people and stuff. It's just like, you got to be careful. It's, I love watching it, you know, but for the longevity of his career and for the bills longevity, if I, if I was a coach or an owner, every time I see that guy leave his feet or lower his shoulder, I am having a minor heart attack. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. He's such a huge asset to them. And yeah, so much of the success of that team is built on him being the centerpiece of that offense. So you, you definitely don't want to be messing around with your asset like that for sure. Um, you know, th- this division could get really interesting because I don't think the Jets are going to be like this garbage tier franchise that they've always been. Right. No. They're not, I think yeah. Bob Sala is is doing a phenomenal job, it's similar to how I feel about the Lions, right? Like, yeah, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to be going out and going on playoff runs anytime soon, but they're building things the right way. They're getting the pieces that they need. You know, they're, they're not reaching too hard. They're establishing a good culture. They're making it an attractive place to come play football. Like, I, I think that the Jets at least will be a 500 team this year. I, I think they can actually flirt with that. Um, I think they can as well. I think they can as well. I mean, they have the, they have a a good defense, a good defensive minded coach. 
and then they drafted probably I honestly think the Jets had the best draft event of all 32 teams this year um their first round alone was phenomenal yeah um and I'll say this too back when Sila uh and um Campbell were candidates for the Lions I wanted it to be Sala Robert Sala for uh the head coach in Detroit he's a Dearborn guy he's from Michigan I wanted I wanted him instead of Campbell. Now I'm not complaining about Campbell. I think he's doing an okay job, but um, and both these guys are doing a great job. But I just want to put that out there that that was who I wanted us to hire. No, definitely he was he was way up there in the conversation. I do clearly remember that. Um, he was kind of he was kind of the, the guy that everybody was talking about when we everybody was very confident that Patricia was going to get tossed out mm-hmm. that season. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is interesting. You know, this is a year where I think the Miami Dolphins might end up with a better record than the Patriots, right? I think it's tough to say, but I think, you know, Bill Belichick's style of football might kind of be getting phased out a little bit. And, like, they did exactly what they do every draft where they traded back and then, you know, took some some no-name <laughs> in the first round that nobody's ever heard of for the most part. You and saw the I just, clip of McVeigh laughing at that pick. He's like, well, we had a fifth or sixth round grade on him, so we wasted our time watching film on him. We thought we could get him late, and Patriots took him early. It's, um, it's just so Belichick of him. I think they make is. the playoffs. I think both of these teams could reasonably make the playoffs, but I just – I mean, the AFC is such a bloodbath. Who knows, right? Yeah, um, I'm never going to bet against Belichick. Um, you know, but you're right. His, his style of play is getting a little bit outdated. Um, he just doesn't, you know, Mac Jones, I don't think is the answer for them to, to win it all. Um, they'll always be competitive. They'll always, yeah, they're going to be teams that aren't as good at football as them. They play better football, but just those, those weapons that you need to really take things up a gear in the NFL. Now, I just, I don't think they have any of them. I think Mac Jones, you know, he's great. He's just like Brady, right? Really smart dink and dunk kind of style passes, you know? a very conservative style of football. But I, again, like, you know, I think, I think nothing reigned in the new era than Stafford and that first game against the bears, just with that, that what, like 40, 50 yard play all the way across the field for the very yeah. first pass of his NFL career. Like it, you know, it's just, yep. Long pass to an absolute stud receiver for a touchdown yep. in the very first play of the game. Like that, you know, it sounded the new era of, of, yep, this is what NFL teams are going to be looking to do now, right? Yeah. Um, I'll say this too uh, with Tua. Same thing I said about Daniel Jones in New York. It's his now or never year. It's shoving the money. They've been patient with him. It's his time now or it's his time never in Miami. I'll tell you this though, signing Tyreek Hill and having Jalen Waddle as the other slot receiver, don't be surprised if you see them utilize both those guys similar to how the 49ers use Debo Samuel. Right. Um, they're going to get those guys touches. Uh, they're going to carry the ball. They're going to catch the ball. They're going to be deep threats, underneath threats. They're going to use those guys a lot. Uh, if you're a fantasy fan, Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill should be one of your first picks you should consider uh, as a receiver because they're going to be like Debo Samuel was last year, kind of a hybrid player. And they're electric. I mean, if you double Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle is going to go for 100 yards and 10 catches. If you double yep. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill is going to go for 200 yards and two touchdowns and just kind of torch you. So, well, and we've talked about this too. Like it, it truly forces defense to get stretched out, and all that does is open up the middle of the field, which is great because Tua has long range accuracy issues. 
So yeah. if you're keeping all of his passes in this comfortable mid-range you know, area that now yep. gets opened up because you have such incredible receiving talent. I mean, that's, that's yeah. huge for them. And his they have the offensive line to give him time now. Right. Yeah. I mean, his, short range accuracy, like... his short range accuracy has always been some of the best in the league. I mean, at Alabama, he was one of the most accurate mid to short range passers that they, we ever saw. Right. Um, that's never been his problem. And not to mention you said widen out the, you know, and spread out the defense that opens up the run game, which is a huge deal because on a young quarterback who's struggling, if you can run the ball, and then use play play action to make it much easier to throw the ball. Now you're talking about a winning, you know, formula. And Miami has that. They have a good defense as well. Um, yeah, I could see them making the playoffs. I could see them being right there with the Bills contending for that division. Um, so, yeah, and, and McDaniel to too is is he seems like a, a cool electric coach that will establish a, a good winning culture there too. And he's an offensive genius. Play. He's yeah. an offensive genius. He just He'll be one of those names you talk about with like McVeigh's and uh, Shanahan's here in very short time. He's an offensive genius. I, I cannot wait to see what they do legitimately. Yeah. I, I think it's it's cool to see that they're you know going to be a fun competitive team this year. Yeah. All right. Um. Probably to the division where all four of these teams are like legitimately could you know, go for a deep run in the playoffs or make the Super Bowl. Like, I think all four of these teams really have the pieces to make that happen. Whether yeah. or not they actually get there and execute, I don't know. But, you know, you could tell me any of these teams end up first or last in the division, and I would completely understand why, right? <laughs> so it's, um, it's incredible. It's tough. I it's don't know crazy. If, I don't know, and we talked about this, you know, before we we hopped on this, on this episode, but I don't know if there's ever been a division – this competitive where all four teams legitimately could come, you know, you could, you could put those teams in order one through four. And I wouldn't argue with any order that you put them in. I don't, I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen such good pass rush teams mixed with such good quarterback play. I'm like curious to see what's going to happen. I mean, and my heart's going to break for any one of these teams that don't make the playoffs this year. True. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I very easily could see three of these teams getting in the playoffs uh, easily, and, easily. and I would, and I would put Kansas city and, and the chargers as contenders, legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. Like no, I, I completely agree with you, Mark. Um, and I think, I think the chargers have everything that they need to, to actually be in the Super Bowl conversation. 100%. Um, Herbert's an absolute stud. They invested in the offensive line for this draft. I mean, they're both their receiving and their running back cores are incredible. And now you're telling me that they have, you know, one of the better front sevens in the league too. I mean, you know, Bosa and Mac on the same team is nothing to mess with whatsoever. It's crazy. And then uh, who else did they just pick up uh, from the Patriots? Van Noy, right? JC Jackson. And uh, they had Khalil Mack. They have Derwin James in the secondary. I mean, they, they have Asante Samuel Jr. at the other corner. Like, they are stacked uh, on defense. And they have a good coach. They have one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. They have a great receiving core. I don't know how they kept Mike Williams. I don't know how they – because he was going to get paid as a number one receiver. And I think he kind of chose to stay there because he realized how special this opportunity is. Because, you know, him and Keenan Allen are one of the best receiver duos in the league. You know, they are, they are a super dangerous team. Absolutely. Like I, would, I would fear playing against that offense and their defense. And then like, it's crazy. Cause like, I want to say that Denver will make the playoffs and the Raiders could go on a run too. Like, I think they have the assets for that. 
Um, yeah. And I mean, right now, this Adams is, is a, I mean, him and Derek Carr are college teammates. Like, they're going to get back at it like, like they never left. And, and then you have never... Renfro, Edwards, and Waller as your other <laughs> options there. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Right? Their defense has some question marks, though. I will say Vegas um, defensively is by far the worst of those four teams, in my opinion. For sure. Still a really strong and, front seven. Yeah, they have I a front mean, seven, and they'll get past rush, but their secondary's got question marks. Um, so that's definitely fair. Um, man, I I'm feeling like this makes playoffs list is getting a little too heavy, but at the same time, you know, NFC teams are not showing up in the Super Bowl contender range in the same way that you know AFC is. So I think we could probably leave it. We're getting like a nice, you know, uh, like distribution here. Most of the teams are in makes playoffs or 500. Um, I think the Colts come out with with the division this year. I think they're a better team than the Titans. I think the Titans got worse this offseason. Yeah. Tana, I, think, uh, I wasn't expecting Tannehill to be so standoffish about Willis. I don't think that's going to be good for the locker room, honestly. So yeah, I, I think the, uh, the Colts are clear cut, I think, favorite. Uh, like I said, they drafted my teammate Bernard Raymond. He'll help uh, with the running game of Jonathan Taylor. He'll also help protect Matt Ryan, who, let's not forget, wasn't too long ago Matt Ryan took a team to the Super Bowl and was an MVP. Um, so he's more than capable of managing that team. They're going to have a great running game. They're going to have um, you know wide-open receivers because of play action. They have a stellar defense. Um, the Colts are definitely, I'd say, a playoff run, maybe even a contender. Um just because of a veteran quarterback, a good defense. They have everything that you need, right? A stud running back yeah. with a with a good offensive line. Quentin Nelson, people don't talk about him enough. I mean, he is such a bully. And what, like I said, you talk about Debo and what he does to grown men. What um, Quentin Nelson does to grown men is demoralizing. I mean, he embarrasses them on live national television every single Sunday, Monday, or Thursday. <laughs> right. He is, I mean, he's bullying grown men. And uh, he ha- he takes no guilt in doing it. He loves doing it. Uh, he plays football the way it's supposed to be played. Um, and you add Bernard Raymond, my teammate, to that piece. He's going to learn a lot from Quentin Nelson. Uh, he's going to have a great running back behind him. Matt Ryan's going to be really good. I'm excited to see what Indy does. And I think one thing that's cool, and I, I have similar things to say about the way the Ravens drafted, is like they picked up big dudes that can block everywhere on their offense, right? Um, Alec Pierce is he's six three and two hundred and fifteen pounds. That dude's gonna be able to block, right? Um, they they you know made some really good investments at tight end. Uh, so I think you know regardless of what their actual passing game looks like with Matt Ryan, they they know they have an asset in, in Jonathan Taylor, and they have a bunch of guys that will be able to block at any level on the field for Jonathan Taylor too. So. Yeah. I just, I think they're in a great spot. Their defense is, you know, in a great spot. I, I think the Titans winning their division last season was more of a fluke than anything else. Uh, I think Vrabel's a phenomenal coach, but I just don't think they have any of the pieces in place. And if Derrick Henry gets hurt again, that's their season. Like truly. Tannehill Tannehill is, I don't think the answer. And then, you know, you lose their number one receiver. Yeah, I, I think I think Tannehill's just straight up a bad quarterback. I really do. Um, they might make the playoffs this year. I, I think that's you know, considering the fact they won the AFC last year, I don't want to say that they're completely out of the playoffs conversation. But I think so many teams in the AFC got so much better this offseason, and the Titans are one of the few 
uh, in that playoff conversation that got worse. Um, uh, we have, you know, the, the Texans and the Jaguars <laughs> left. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, tank for both of them? I don't know. Te- Texans maybe. Uh, they could both be like a below 500 eh, team. The Texans drafted really well. The Jaguars, I think, are just unfortunately, sorry, Trevor Lawrence, just going to be right back in, in tank category. I don't think you can do much about it. Oh, we lost Mark. That's unfortunate. I think his computer died. Oh, no. <laughs> right at the end there. We <laughs> made it so close. Um, Zach, sorry. I know that that we haven't heard much from you uh, in the past uh, little bit here. Do you have any comments on the way this, this list shook out? Uh, any other dialogue? No, I think it's pretty accurate. There are a couple things that I would maybe have tweaked or maybe have changed. Um, but for the most part, as, as a whole, I would definitely agree with like where everything's been placed. Are there any teams here that you feel like we undervalued or overvalued in the process? Um, hmm. I know that the Titans can still be good because, like you said, if, if Derek Henry stays healthy, They've got Bobby Trees now, even though uh, AJ Brown is gone. Um, they just they signed Austin Hooper from Cleveland. Um, I don't know anybody from their defense. I don't know if they have any like names, but I mean they were able to hold up all right, I guess, all right enough last year. Mm-hmm. It'll be those teams up in the content the contender uh, category that give them a run for their money in the playoffs. Though, like I don't think they'd beat right. the Bills in a, in I think they beat they lose to the Bills nine games out of ten. You know. Yeah, I think I think a lot of those AFC teams that we've put above them, I just think are better teams um, for sure. It's I mean, it's crazy how much AFC representation we have in here, because let's see what one is two, dude, it's a deep it's a deep conference. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it really is, though. It's it's nuts to say, but I mean, NFC last year was saying the exact opposite. You know, I was saying all these NFC teams just look like Mark is back, by the way. Oh, Mark is back. Mm hmm back there he <laughs> is laptop died uh, <laughs> no total worries idiot move total idiot move by total idiot no uh no worries at all um uh, zach and i were able to get some good commentary going while you were gone um you know it's i think all in all it's just crazy that the talent drain from the nfc to the afc is kind of how we're rounding this conversation out here um i know i mean the rams are still in it i'd say green bay is still in it for sure but like the Bills, the Chargers, KC, I mean, those three teams in general, it's like, man, is anybody going to beat those teams in the playoffs this season? It's really tough to call. I'll so, say this too. I mean, uh, this year more than any year ever, home field advantage is going to matter a great deal in the AFC because, you I mean, you saw with like Josh Allen, if some of those games were in Buffalo um, in the playoffs last year, we would have seen Buffalo playing the Rams in the Super Bowl. And uh it could have been a different outcome. You know, I, I just don't think the Bengals were ready for that moment yet. Um, I feel bad because honestly, I think that the bills probably should have came out of it last season. Yeah. And it, it, you know, and the overtime roles changed as a result of the way that, that shook out. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I don't think that the Bengals beat the bills, the, the way that the bills are playing, <laughs> they were almost perfect on offense in both their last two games. They actually they were, were perfect literally perfect. Literally <laughs> perfect against New England, which we'll probably never see a performance like that ever again. But seven for seven uh, on touchdown drives on offense against a Bill Belichick coached defense in New England or um, 
in the uh, in the cold weather like that, um, you you might never see something like that ever again. It was playoff history for sure. I mean, yeah. So that's what they're special. capable of doing, and they've only gotten better this you know off season and with the draft. Um, I'm really excited. This is going to be one of the more exciting seasons for um, for the NFL in a while, just because of quarterbacks in new places, free agency moves some big contracts for receivers. And then obviously there's a bunch of rookies, but that's nothing new. Um, you know, yeah, John, the, you've the, mentioned it, but the, how the league does, it's, you know, how they carry themselves for an entire 365 days with free agency, the draft in season. It's, it's a perfect machine. It is a perfect machine for sports and how it's supposed to be done. We are about as off season as you can get right now. And there was still so much commentary and dialogue that we were able to generate about where things are going to end up here. And I, I just, you know, I would love to do an episode just talking about the business of the NFL at some point, because there is just so much to talk about. They have perfected the product of football and just entertainment in the sports industry in general. Right. I don't think any sport does what football does as far as, generating excitement, generating revenue, making every single thing feel like it's the biggest deal in the world. And then, yeah, like you said, the way free agents and, and quarterbacks moved around the past two seasons, right? Like just massive, like changing of the guard where all these teams that like were literal garbage to your franchises three, four years ago are now very much in the Super Bowl conversation, right? The Bills, the Bills, yeah. Raiders even, like these were not good teams three, four years ago. No, it's phenomenal. And it, honestly, it's inspiring for like fans like us of the Lions because, you know, with the right ownership, with the right coach, and then a couple key pieces here and there. And then the rest, of, honestly, depending on what key pieces you get, you can have filler roles. I mean, the Bills aren't a perfect team. The Rams aren't a perfect team. They have guys on their roster that are filler roles, and they just do a good job at those roles. Now, they're obviously loaded. Um, they're about as close to a super team in, in football that you're going to get, you know, you hear super teams in basketball and stuff like that, but they're about as close for a football super team as you can get in terms of talent, but they have guys that aren't that great that just do a small job. Okay. Enough to win games. Um, you just have to find what positions you want to do that at and with who you want to do that with, you know, it, the Bengals were the same way. They had so many holes. You know, a lot of people would say they had no business getting as far as they did. They had a horrible offensive line for most of the year. Um, Burrow was young. They had really, you know, Jamar Chase was a you know stellar receiver, but besides him and Boyd a little bit, there was. It's not like they had a stud number two receiver. You right. know, Higgins yeah, they, was okay. They, they you know, make it happen exactly. Yeah. Um, and and you know, as like you said, like just as a Lions fan, it's got to make you feel good because I do believe that the you know from the top down, the ownership, the management, the coaching is in the best spot that it's been in decades. Yes. You just hope. All right, you know we've had a really good draft class last year. I'm I don't want to make an early judgment on this draft class, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. Right, you keep that up for one or two more years, and then you just trade you know, either draft capital or some pieces away for the right quarterback. If it's not already in your possession. And just like you said, like you're really in like a deep playoff type conversation team. And, you know, if, if you can do that right and just build that properly over, a you know, two or three year horizon, any team can do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, the the Rams just... pre McVay weren't anything 
insane either. I mean, they were always yeah. good. They're always competitive, but they never were that Super Bowl conversation team year in, year out. And I think and they will be for a, a long time now. I think too, I think that if you're going to take away anything from this episode, I think the number one thing would be the copycat formula that the league has, right? The team that wins and how they win, everybody wants to win. So they'll do whatever it takes. And the easiest way is just to cheat and copy somebody, right? It's working for them. It'll work for us. You are seeing that happen as we speak with all these quarterbacks going and joining teams that have loaded rosters that maybe didn't have the quarterback that could win it. And what the Rams did with Stafford was kind of the first time in NFL history we've seen something like that, where a quarterback at that stage in his career leaves his, you know, 10 year, 11 year career in Detroit, goes to a team that's ready to win now. And it actually worked. And you're going to see everybody kind of try to steal that ideology. And we're already seeing it happen. It just makes you think that maybe the quarterback position in terms of coming out of college, like drafting quarterbacks is going to change. Like there wasn't a lot of high draft picks for quarterback this year. Next year, there's only a couple prospects and there's going to be a huge drop off. You might just see guys, you know, building their teams and then getting a quarterback as their last piece that they're missing. And that might be the norm for the next decade, you know? So it's changed the game completely. And you're not going to win if you don't have that quarterback. It's as simple as that. Yeah, definitely. And and it is interesting that I think maturity and experience and decision-making are for, for the quarterback position matter a hell of a lot more than just being like this crazy athletic specimen with a cannon of an arm. And don't be yeah. wrong. Those are phenomenal attributes that will take a quarterback, you know, further with that conversation. But right. the Colts didn't go and like, you know, look for some, you know, crazy young flashy stud. They went and got Matt Ryan because he's reliable and he's reliable. Yes. Exactly. Quarterbacks. Um, the number one thing that you need to be is reliable because if you can't trust your quarterback, then you, you're not going to win the Super Bowl, you know, and at the end of the day, that's what all these teams are trying to do. It's, I mean, it is a business. The NFL is a business and it is a cutthroat business and you have to win now. There is not much forgiveness for, you know, struggling teams. Um, that's why I just hope with the Lions that they can show some signs of improvement um, because, you know, one more year, two more years of this three win, one tie nonsense and Campbell's out and we're starting from scratch again. Yep. Um, you know, there's just not it's, time. It's critical. Time it's that. critical. They start putting up results because I genuinely believe if you if you can't get a winning culture with Dan Campbell, who are you going to get it with? Right. You I need to start yeah. making that place look like an attractive place for for people to come play NFL football. It's critical. Right. It's, it's got to happen. It has so, to happen. It's, um, um, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that they need to be making the playoffs next year. That means they need to no. be, you know, seven, eight wins and show, okay, that's twice as many wins as we got yeah. last year. Right. I'll say this too. It's a win-win. If the lions are horrible, which I think there's a chance that they win three games again this year. Um, that's fine. We'll draft CJ Stroud at Ohio state. And you know what I mean? And if they are better and they're seven, eight win team, then it's a sign in the right direction. You know, it's a step in the right direction. And I'll be happy with that as well. So I, I'm not going to be mad really about how the Lions season goes this year. Um, but the following year is when it's like, okay, we have a quarterback now. Um, are we going to yeah. do anything with it? You know, year, year three, it's got to happen. Year for sure. three is the magic year. I know we're thinking way ahead, but you know, that's kind of my thought process. This year is what it is with the Lions. We're not going to win playoff games, you know? So Definitely. 
All right, guys. I think that is a good wrap on the first episode. Um, I think we went really in depth on where these teams could end up and why and what our logic is to support that. So that was definitely cool. Um, we'll try to figure out, you know, what makes the most sense for the rest of the off season here, but definitely expect us to have some guests on to kind of dive into some of the business side of the league a little bit. Um, potentially talk about, you know, fantasy football and maybe look at some mock drafts there, all of that good stuff. We're just here to have fun, have a good time and, and keep things pretty chill as we, you know, navigate our favorite sport. Um, so that's all I got. Any other comments from the two of you? No, man, that's all, you know, exciting first episode at the end of the day, all this is, is just talking football and just having fun, you know, talking about the sport that we all love. Um, it's, you know, part of probably the biggest part of America um, in terms of sports and, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm just enjoying talking about it with some friends here and hope people like it and, you know, can uh, enjoy it just as much as we do. Absolutely. Uh, I guess we'll sign off for now. And until next time, everybody. Thanks.